Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake, episode number 75. My name's Pete Selby and alongside me once again is, well it's not Mr Rob Hayes. He is away at the bowls and uh, he can't do the podcast because of technology reasons, i.e. he's completely forgot his microphone equipment so we can't do a podcast with him involved. Is that the the cheers I can hear in the background? Yes, I think it is. So uh, Rob's been on TV, largely it up with the grannies at the bowls, doing a wonderful job, I presume. I've not watched. Anyway, so what I've done, I've decided to do a podcast all by myself but I'm not all by myself because we've got plenty of correspondence from the world of social media. You've got Facebook, Twitter, email, people telling me at work, people telling me in the streets, people shouting at me in the streets. Nothing to do with the podcast. That's just what happens on an everyday occurrence. So anyway, what we're going to do is go through a few topics. Now, when uh, I decided to do this podcast, I said, look, there's a few things banded around the club at the moment. The debate about formation. Uh, does Gray warrant a, a place in the side? Does Mares deserve to be dropped? Who should play? What formation? What about Shakespeare? People's thoughts on Shakespeare. A lot of uh, discerning views to do with the manager on local radio and on the internet, which I know is a place where people let off steam, so it's generally where uh, no one likes anyone or likes anything to do with anything. But still, there's been a, a few uh, grumblings. And uh, so I asked a few questions, and I've got plenty of response. So uh, let's run through a few of the responses. I'll tell you what, let's, let's start on Andy King. So Andy King been at the club for 10 years. He's going to have a testimony at some time. I think it's when he will retire or leave the club. I don't think it's going to be in the summer. Fantastic midfielder. Um, and we all know his goal-scoring exploits. He's a, a young midfielder arriving late into the box. Good header, good shot. Uh, loves the club. Doesn't really want to leave, he says. And uh, But in recent times, obviously, he's been, uh, I won't say demoted, but he's been overtaken in midfield, of course, when they won the league with... Drink water and Kante, but King played his role, some important goals, and of course played in the game against Everton that uh, no Leicester fan will forget when they lifted the trophy, scored a goal as well. And uh, well, who would have thought actually at the end of that game that Andy King would still be a centre midfielder in a 4 4 2 for Leicester two years later? But uh, there he is, and I know he, he does, you know, some people think he's very negative, some people think he's actually not just not good enough anymore to be in the team. Uh, what is his place? And well, Steve Taylor straight away, side pass, back pass, side pass, no telling pass. Back up at best, but a great club man. And I think everyone can agree that he's a great club man. Uh, you got Trev, Andy is our king. Short, sharp and pointless from Trev. You've got Ronda, 21504. I'm not entirely sure what the 21504 means, but uh, Ronda says, uh, King in a midfield three. Need that consistency. Now, I'm going to agree with you, Ronda. Now, many people out there will not agree with what I think. That's fine. Sometimes I don't agree with what I think. But Ronda, I agree. I think King in a midfield three, and we've said, I've said before on the podcast a few times, I would love to see Leicester play a midfield three, uh, even at home. I think uh, we need to play that. And, and when you do play, you need that person to go forward. You need the person to anchor the midfield. But I think you also need that person 
yeah, to side pass, to back pass, and to side pass again, to keep possession, to be that level head. And a running aside, Andy King, he's a Premier League player, Premier League winner. I think he can play in a midfield three. Now, if every midfielder at the club is fully fit, would he be a first-choice midfielder? Possibly not. But at this current time, then I agree uh, with Ronda. Now, Tim at work, he says uh, Andy King should be nowhere near the squad. He's a championship player. That's fine. That's absolutely fine, Tim at work. And uh, so what do you think out there about Andy King? Uh, it's, it's a strange thing because, obviously, with injuries for a number of other players like Matty James, and uh, we'll come on to Matty James in a minute, winter is coming. Yes, you who wrote on the internet about uh, Matty James. But uh, he's injured. Silver can't play because of whatever reasons. And we're not going to go into the silver debate because I have no idea. You've got no idea. Shakespeare has no idea. The FA don't. The owners don't. Let's just see what happens. We could have a, a podcast on silver all on its own. It could last four days and we still wouldn't know anything more than when we started. But anyway, King. Um, yeah, it's... it's it's difficult, isn't it? We're missing these players. Silver, James, and Didi might be out. So who are we going to play? We have to play King. So, yes, he might not be a first-choice midfielder, but he's what we've got, and we all love Andy King. That's the rule at Leicester. You have to like Andy King, so just get over it. Anyway, on to the game on Monday. Obviously, we're playing West Brom. Now, uh, there was a bit of a, a, a Twitter debate when I uh, launched these questions, and it was started by Kip Smithers. Yes, you, Kip Smithers. And uh, we're talking about now uh, Gray and Mares, that old chestnut. Now, Riyad Mares, has he uh, done enough to warrant his place in the side? And, well, on the other side, has uh, Diamari Gray done enough to actually get in the side? Well, uh, start both Gray and Mares together, especially at home against bottom half teams like West Brom. And Gray, uh, well, he will uh, take some of the burden, the creative burden, off Mares. So says Kip Smithers. Now, Booza Arab. So, so what? Drop Old Brighton, leave it out. So, Bruce Rabbit, a big fan of uh, obviously uh, Old Brighton. But Smithers replied, "Well, why not? At home against West Brom and Swansea, Old Brighton isn't exactly pulling up trees anyway. He's been poor since Arsenal, which I know what Smithers is saying, but I do disagree with that. I think he's been in and out of form, but I think he's been okay. I do remember." Uh, the game against Liverpool, both uh, matches actually, the, uh, he was uh, very good indeed. But uh, all Brighton, yes, it'll be harsh on him to be dropped. But I think at the current time, um, I don't think you can look back on what's happened in previous years. I think you just don't have to go on performance. Uh, for me, all Brighton will be in the side because I think if you're playing wing backs in a in a three five two, uh, he would be perfect on one side, on the right hand side. And uh, but Buzarab does actually reply by saying. We haven't beaten West Brom at home in 20 years. Well, now is a great time to break that record. Now, going on to uh, Gray and Morris again. Uh, well, Paul Oliver, Oliver says, uh, sorry, Paul. He says the midfield is so poor that you might as well play Maguire in there. Obviously, you play Hooth at the back. Well, Hooth, when he's back, he might be back in at centre-half. I would like to see him there, but maybe in a, a defensive three. For me, and I've said before, three-five-two would be the way to go. I think when you've got someone like Dragovic who played well against Liverpool in the Cup, he could easily play alongside Morgan and Maguire. On the left, you've got the likes of Chilwell, and obviously Christian Fuchs, but Chilwell would be my choice as a left wing back, all Brighton on the right. And the midfield area, I think this is where the Gray and Mares really kicks in because some people have said maybe play Gray in the centre of a, uh, a midfield three. I'm not too sure about that. So that was... Uh, 
Ken Leeby on uh, Facebook. He says, uh, how about, uh, he needs to find a way, Shakespeare, to get Gray and Mares and Albrighton in a 3-5-2. I agree with Gray maybe as the as the midfielders, the attacking midfielder. I, I disagree with that. Um, I think you could play Mares there. I think you can easily have two forwards, Iniacho and Vardy for me, with uh, Mares just behind. Yes, he would have to help out the midfield too. But uh, give him that responsibility, give him that free role and say, look, you're the, you're the guy, you're the man. You want to leave, you want to sign for a big club, OK, fair dues, go and do it. But don't stay out wide if the game doesn't go our way or it doesn't suit uh, a, a wingman like against, say, Liverpool, where he was just uh, out there on his own, never got a touch of the ball. How about playing him in the centre? I know we've tried it before, maybe just behind Vardy in a 4-4 kind of 1-1 situation. So he's playing the Okazaki role and it's not worked out. But why not play him at the front of a midfield diamond three? I think that would work uh, perfectly well. So that's one way of maybe getting Maris in the team. What do you think about that? Um, and the other point, really, is Shakespeare. So Shakespeare, well, Steve Taylor says he's been a bit unlucky with the starts. He's unlucky also with injuries. He's made mistakes. The jury's out, but he needs to be given time till December. Now, Mares is into around 8-1 to one on the next manager to leave market. I think he's the third favourite. Obviously, you've got the likes of uh, Ronald Koeman up there, who's, uh, well, long odds on favourite to take that. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, for me, I think uh, you need to give Shakespeare time. I think it's uh, big games coming up against the likes of West Brom and Swansea. Uh, but uh, I think you need to give him time because he had that really difficult start and we've not been smashed by anyone. You look at the likes of the game against Arsenal and obviously Liverpool at home, even Chelsea. I know we were kind of outplayed, but it was only by one goal in the end. And the one game that we've had that we really should have won, and I don't think you can say going away from home in the Premier League, you go and you should win a game. So you should win at Bournemouth. You should win at Huddersfield. Maybe it's a good opportunity to win, but I think the one game we've had that we should win, that you can't afford to lose, is Brighton at home. And we did it convincingly against the poor Brighton, but we won 2-0. Now we've got games that we should win. The likes of West Brom, who I know are solid, I know are strong, and then obviously Swansea as well. This is a real crunch time for Shakespeare. I think the players are playing for him, but uh, is he up to it? We'll have to wait and see. And of course, is the grass always greener? Who's going to come in? So many people will be looking at likes of Angelotti. Absolutely no chance of him actually coming to Leicester, but also he would be terrible. But uh, anyway, on to Shakespeare again. Now we mentioned, uh, or Ken Levy said that uh, he needs to play that 3-5-2. Shazza, thanks Shazza for getting involved. Uh, Shakespeare out. Again, very uh, short and sharp, but uh, you got your point across, I think. I think people know what angle you're coming from there with Shakespeare out. And uh, Dave the Doorman says, shaky looking shaky. Thank you, Dave the Doorman. How long did it take for you to think of that? So, uh, shaky looking shaky. We'll have to wait and see what happens with Shakespeare. But for me, give him time. I think he's got uh, some good people behind him. He's obviously got uh, good people upstairs as well who who trust him for now. But uh, obviously, if things start to go amiss, how long will the board keep Shakespeare as Leicester manager? I think it's. Uh, I think we'll have to wait and see what the uh, the players think about it as well. I'm not saying that players have uh, too much power, as some people have said uh, on. Uh, on Facebook and also online as well. But uh, I don't think, uh, whilst the players are playing at the level now, i.e. they are playing for the manager, you know what I mean. You know when players do drop off and stop playing for a manager. We saw it last season. Um, That hasn't happened at all. So uh, until that happens, then uh, I'm perfectly comfortable with Craig Shakespeare 
in charge of the club. Now, winter is coming, says uh, he doesn't understand what Gray has done to earn a new contract. Uh, he's also baffled by the new contracts given to Matty James. So an interesting point of view from winter is coming. I kind of agree with you. I think they've uh, they've kept Gray, and what I mean kept, they've, they've given him a new contract, purely because of the interest from other clubs, uh, whether he had a, a buyout clause, which was rumoured uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, I don't think he has a, a buyout clause at all. I think that was just uh, rumours, and obviously they've turned down quite a lot of money from the likes of Bournemouth for him. So I think the new contract really is to uh, tie him to the club, so you never know if he breaks into the first team and really kicks on. Brilliant, he's got a new contract. I'd imagine there might be some kind of minimum release fee there as well. So I think it's kind of uh, protecting our interests with the player uh, more than rewarding the player for what he's actually done on the field. And he's also baffled by the new contract for James. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I think the problem with James, it depends on what his terms were with his previous contract. Now he's back in the first-team squad. It's unfortunate that he's picked up this injury. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't knock him back quite as much as uh, as maybe what we, what we first did but i think again it depends on what his previous uh, his his previous contract was whether it's uh, talking bonuses this that and the other so his new contract depends how much it's worth how long for i don't think it's it's rewarding the player for his performances i think it's an acknowledgement that he's back to full fitness but again protecting his interest bringing him in line with with other players at the club because you've got to remember his contract that he last signed was way before any of what's happened in the last few years has happened so on to the game against West Brom now a lot of people have said it's a perfect opportunity to play a different formation Pulis we know what he's going to do we know he's going to play land of the Giants at the back we know he likes to play centre-halves as full-backs is he going to play a rigid formation? Probably. Is he going to frustrate and annoy Leicester? Yes. And do they want to maybe grab a, a goal from a, a set play? Yeah, that's generally what they do. And they've got the odd player who can do uh, uh, wonders from free kicks, the likes of Brunt with his left foot. Although, was it him who scored, scored a comedy own goal for Northern Ireland? Plenty of that. Will be uh, nice to see at the King Power on Monday nights. It's going to be dead. It's going to be really warm as well. It's going to be a, a million mile an hour wind because there's a hurricane on its way. And um, I'm just looking actually on the the weather app on my phone. And just as it gets to kick off, the uh, the wind goes from about 30 mile an hour to 60 mile an hour. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the King Power. But so uh, yeah, the deadly from set plays, from corners. Uh, I remember the game in the league winning season against West Brom. When it was 2-2 and how everyone was really unhappy. I actually listened to the game on 5 Live. I wasn't at the King Power. I was on the way down to London at the time and uh, I couldn't be there. But uh, it was interesting hearing some 5 Live. And obviously we were right slap bang in, uh, in winning the league mode. But uh, it, it, they've got uh, Rondon who is a player who flatters to deceive really. You know, he's, he's a big lump of a forward. And every now and again he really turns it on. He's like a, he's like a crap Heskey in a way where every now and again there's a flash of brilliance, but uh, unlike Big Bruno, it's uh, it's not really happening for him at the time. It's He's kind of gone off the ball a bit. So, And they've got um, they've got one or two players who are in and out, but to be honest, they're, they're on a poor run. It should be a game Leicester should look to exploit. Who should Leicester play, Rob? No? No. Nothing from Rob at all. Who should Leicester play? For me, I hear you all say, I think they should play Iniacho. I think what they should do, 
is after a while, after they've had uh, a, a week or so off with internationals and plenty of uh, injuries around the club and players coming into full fitness. I know plenty of people are screaming for the likes of Abora. I think now is the time for Shakespeare to say, look, we've spent quite a bit of money on our team. We've spent £25 million on Kelechi Iheanacho. We've spent £12.5 million or whatever on uh, Ibora in midfield. I think now's the time to play him. And I think this is the perfect opportunity on TV, at home, against a team like West Brom, who, as much as they have got uh, a, a, a few dangers, the one thing they don't have is the ability to keep the ball, a bit like Leicester in a way. So they're not going to be pulled from pillar to post like Liverpool did with Leicester in the Cup, and Ibora um, didn't have the greatest game, greatest time of things. I think now is a perfect time to start him against the team who aren't going to be keeping the ball. For me, you play Ibora, you play Iniacho. I know that might be a bit harsh on Okazaki, who's weighed in with a few goals this year, but play Vardy Iniacho. That was the key. You buy a player for £25 million at Leicester, you're going to play him. He's bought to play alongside Vardy. You play uh, Vincenzo Ibora in midfield. If you don't think he can play in a midfield too, nice and simple. Play another player in the middle of the park. I don't think, against the likes of West Brom, changing your defence from having... Four at the back, two or three, is going to make an awful lot of difference. This is against West Brom, maybe um, in the future against other sides, but I think it's a perfect opportunity to change the formation, to play more players in the middle of the park, to help out the likes of Ibora and see what he can do. If he can control the game like we think he can and like we've bought him to, what a fantastic acquisition he can be. He might spring in people like uh, Riyad Mahrez into life if you play him in the midfield three. That might bring him on. You never know. Things might happen. That's, for me, what I would do. What do you think out there? Obviously, we've asked the question on Facebook, on uh, Fox's Talk, if many people are on there. Hello to listening to you all. and uh, or Hopefully, you're all listening to me, should I say. And Reddit as well. And uh, obviously, on Twitter, at FFSpod. And people have emailed for fox8podcast at gmail.com. Tell us your formation, because we've got all weekend. You've got a weekend to listen to this and uh, to completely disagree with the likes of Trev and Rhonda and Tim at work and... Kim, uh, Kip Smithers, Paul Oliver, disagree with him all the time, and obviously uh, Steve Taylor, Ken Leeby, Shazza, Dave the Doorman. What about that? Shaky, looking shaky. If you disagree with any of these, then let us know. Facebook, Twitter, email, and uh, we'll be back with our next episode, hopefully featuring TV's own Rob Hayes. We might do it, actually, from the King Power. I don't think Rob will be there on Monday, but uh, I will be there, so I might take my mic and... Uh, we might do a little bit of car park, car park karaoke again like we did last time. That, that turned out quite well, actually. I thought it, uh, at the time I was, wasn't was too sure, but uh, many people have got in contact saying it uh, sounded really good, and uh, so I might do that again. might grab the opinion of a few City fans and a, a few people who we might see down the King Power, actually, because obviously it's on TV. There might be a few, uh, few famous faces around, so we might grab a word with one or two of those. But uh, let us know. Hopefully you've enjoyed this little uh, cosy podcast with just me and you. Uh, I don't know how long it's gone, around about 20 minutes. Uh, uh, there, there was uh, a few more things uh, to do with Leicester. There was a few uh, podcasts that I was on in the last few weeks when we played Liverpool, obviously, in the two games in the Premier League and in the uh, League Cup. Uh, there's a few podcasts uh, up in Merseyside. You've got, uh, the, well, the famous one really is the Anfield Rap, which I've mentioned before. Uh, it's probably the largest uh, podcast associated with a football club, especially in England, maybe even Europe or the world. It's it's huge now. There's also the cop table as well and a few radio stations. And uh, I, I just obviously a lot of people want to listen to those because 
you know, we're Leicester fans, what we're going to listen to a Liverpool podcast for, or we're not going to be listening to BBC Radio Merseyside. But uh, I'll just give a what they think about Leicester and the outsider's point of view. First of all, they all love the club. They they think the club is amazing. The soap opera that we all know that Leicester is, they love and they, they, they watch from afar. And after the league win, they are everyone's second favourite team still in the Premier League. And uh, they just look on and, and, and they what they know is they know the fans are loving it. They know the fans are loving not just being in the Premier League, but having a competitive team. But also they love the drama of what's going on. As long as it's not something massively serious, we know it's disappointing that Silva hasn't signed yet, but it is a bit farcical and it's annoying, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not the club going into liquidation or anything like that. So they're watching from afar. And, and what they think, um, they can't understand why we've not been playing Iñacho. They know he's had a few knocks, but... Um, they love Okazaki. Okazaki is everyone's second favourite player in the Premier League. You go and ask a Newcastle fan, you know, name a Premier League player that you you love, really. Who's who's always got a smile on their face? Who and they're like, oh, that Okazaki. They love him, but they can't understand why we're not playing in Asho. Now he's fully fit. They don't understand why he keeps on going abroad, um, playing for his country and scoring goals, and then coming back to Leicester and playing on the bench. You you, you spent the money uh, playing, and also uh, they they really liked really like uh, Harry Maguire which I know everyone does and it's quite obvious he's now playing for England did you watch the England games my god how Harry Maguire didn't score in the first minute or so but uh, it's absolute dross isn't it it's dreadful I switched off after Kane scored uh, kept on switching back over I mean I watched country file rather than the football that's how bad it was but um, Gareth Southgate I mean what a wet blanket, you know, what a drip, nice guy, yes man, FA love him, it's going to be no problems for them, but my God, he fills you with no confidence, absolutely no confidence at all, we're going to do absolutely nothing, which I know is pretty much to form really, but uh, anyway, that's England, but Harry Maguire, yes, getting his England start, very good, they they really like the look of him, they, they like the look of him because they wish they should have signed him, um, and, and, and and also the, the, the final thing really is that um, everyone I spoke to, they all are very, very confident that Leicester are going to not get out of the mess that they're currently in, but you know, turn the form around and be quite comfortably mid-table, which I think as well, I did agree with them. I think that uh, currently we obviously we've played all the big boys in the league and I think we're good enough to be at least mid-table. There's some absolute dross in this league. And you look at a, a team like Crystal Palace, I know, I think teams like Brighton and Huddersfield, they're eventually going to go further down and 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 well done to the likes of Watford and and Burnley playing well but uh, I don't think there's anything massively to worry about with Leicester's position even if they're in the bottom three currently they've got a nice run of games these are the games that we need to pick up points if we don't pick up any points that's when we'll start to panic and uh, well the panic button over to my left hand side it's not been pressed yet the case hasn't been taken off so it's not even ready to press but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens on Monday so once again get in contact with the podcast at FFSpod on Twitter Facebook and of course you can get through to us via Fox's Talk and also on Reddit because occasionally I like to post on there but of course it's not our website so we just uh, post every now and again when we have an episode now you can find the episodes on SoundCloud you can also and especially find them on iTunes. So just type in for Fox 8 Podcast onto iTunes, and then you can find us. And you can give us a rating as well. I know many podcasts out there saying, like, give us a rating, give us five stars, so they can climb the iTunes table. Look, we're, we, 
we know that we're not going to be on that iTunes table. But uh, yeah, give us five stars if you want. Uh, give us four stars if you want. Give us three if you you know feeling a bit weird. Give us two and one is probably what we deserve. But never mind. Anyway, we'll be back for the next episode. Hopefully, it will involve Mr. Rob Hayes. If not, then uh, well, it depends what happens at the uh, at the bowls. You never know. He might be arrested for some uh, drunken debauchery behind the scenes with all the grannies at the bowls. Keep an eye out on ITV4 for him. And uh, I think it is it finished. How long does it take for bowls? Is it a World Cup? Is it a European Championship? Is it the the UK Open? Who knows? Who cares? Anyway, we'll be back up the city on Monday. Possibly back next week. Fingers crossed. My idea is that we're going to have a podcast middle of next week. See you then. <laughs>